All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Better late than never. Welcome. It's Two episodes in a day? Fucking Anton Lander. I like, really like the backup Do you? Well, I hope you like two episodes in a day. Didn't expect to do it. Uh-huh. This is Ceases. 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 All right, I'm getting my buttons ready here. I'm getting my notes ready here. I'm going to turn Surveyor Brett's intro down. I'm going to push this button. And we're just going to get right into it. We've got a second reaction episode of Better Late Than Never coming up on the same day. The draft, baby. You got to love it. What is this one about? Well, Duncan Keith. Retired Oilers, $5.5 million in cap space that I personally didn't expect them to have. I'm just going to walk through it. I'm going to walk through it and I'm going to get to all of the things that we needed to know about Duncan Keith. First, I want to tell you about the audio department. If you go to the audio department.ca, you can book time in their studio right then and there. Of course, they are a recording studio. They want you to be there. They want to showcase your creativity. The audio department works to create a safe space for creativity and collaboration for artists and musicians to realize their potential and share their message through sound and story. Check it out at theaudiodepartment.ca. So let's just get right into it. If you haven't listened to the Zach Cassian reaction episode that I did this morning, first thing this morning I put that out, go back and check that out. This is episode 32. Check it out 31. So I've got three episodes of Better Late Than Ever in the last handful of days. You gotta like that. If you like the content, if you like free content, if you like me, you got to appreciate what I'm doing. If you don't like me, 
let me know. I still want to know what you like about the podcast, what you don't like, trying to improve it as we go on, but let's get right to it. Today, Pierre Lebrun broke the news that Duncan Keith would be retiring after a incredible NHL career, quite frankly. He played for 17 total seasons, 1,256 games, 106 goals, 540 assists for 646 points. That's only, that is only, that is only his regular season stats. Duncan Keith, without question, is going to be a Hall of Fame player. There is no doubt about it in my mind. The guy has done everything you can possibly do at the NHL level. So in addition to the 1256 games played, he's played another 151 in the playoffs, putting up 19 goals and 72 assists for 91 points. Duncan Keith is a playoff performer. If you had told me when the Blackhawks were winning their cups, do you remember back in those days that one day Duncan Keith would be a member of the Edmonton Oilers? I would have never believed you ever in a million years. But then there we were last summer in the offseason. Rumor has it that the Oilers were interested in him. A lot of us were annoyed by it because... Unfortunately, time is a ruthless motherfucker. And at 38 years old, we questioned, rightfully so in my opinion, how effective Duncan Keith could possibly be for the Edmonton Oilers. I I didn't know the answer to it. I had no idea. Yet, there we were with him on our roster. Again, if you had told me Duncan Keith is going to retire in Edmonton Oilers, I wouldn't have believed it, but there we were. So, last night, Thursday, the Oilers traded Zach Cassian. Already did the reaction episode on that. That's cleared up $3.2 million. Today, Duncan Keith is retiring. That's another 5.5. So the Oilers have $8.7 million that I did not expect them to have. An additional $8.7 million, that is. They have about $21 million in cap space with this Keith retirement. That is massive. That gives Ken Holland an opportunity to get some shit done. And let me tell you, there are plenty of holes in the roster that need to be filled. And he has to spend each dollar wisely. He can't have a situation where he's blowing money on bad contracts. You kind of got out of a hole here. And that means... You have to spend wisely. You need a goalie. We know that. Well, the goalie market is starting to get real shallow. The old pool for goalies. Billy Huso went to Detroit today. There's other goalie movement today. So what do we got? Are we going to do a bidding war for Jack Campbell or Darcy Kemper? I don't know that I really want to get involved in that. The Leafs have no goalies. They love to spend money too. How are we going to solve this issue? That is a question for another day. Now the Oilers have $21 million in cap space. We didn't expect them to have it. Well, pressure is on. And I don't think that's unfair to say that the pressure is on either. Ken Holland needs to figure out a way how to get out of this summer, getting his team better than where they were. And that's going to be difficult. But the question I have, does this extra money free up the room for Evander Kane? Are they interested? Are they going to get Claude Giroux? Personally, I would be stunned if Claude Giroux came to Edmonton. I just don't think he's going to sign with a team in the West. Yes, I think the Oilers give him a chance to win. Yes, I think they would give him more term than they would probably than he would maybe get elsewhere. But I still don't see it. I can't see Claude Giroux in an Oilers jersey. I would like to see it. I'd be happy with it. But I don't think it's going to happen. So do they loop back to Kane? Does this just give them the money needed to make that happen? Again, what's the term look like? What do the dollars look like? A lot of questions need to be answered before the Oilers kick off free agency next week. But today, 
Right now on this episode, we are talking about Duncan Keith and I'm not one of those Oilers fans that refuse to acknowledge how good he was this year. I don't think he was perfect. I don't think he was the Duncan Keith that won Conn Smites. I don't think he was the guy that won Norris trophies, but I think he was solid. And for a career that is absolutely going to land him in the Hall of Fame, I give you a round of applause, sir. I was about my microphone there. Sorry if that hurt your ears. But here's the thing. Let's look back on the 64 games played for Duncan Keith. I don't know if you could hear that in the background. I'm making some ice. It is spicy warm on the Friday afternoon here at Edmonton. I'm making some ice. I'm making cocktails because it was a long couple of days. I'm going to crank out this podcast. I'm going to order some sushi. I'm going to make some cocktails. That is neither here nor there. 65, 64 games played with the Oilers this year. Duncan Keith had one goal, 20 assists for 21 points, added to 22 PIMS, a plus 15 rating. I know plus minus isn't the greatest thing, but I thought it was interesting to see that he was plus 15. He averaged 1944 in ice time, had a 51.9 Corsi 4 percentage while starting 48.4% zone starts. So basically what that means is just a little more than half of his zone starts were in the Oilers' defensive zone. Thinking back to the last year, I did not like the cost of acquisition for Duncan Keith, which was a third, ended up going today at the draft in the second uh, day of the NHL draft, gave up a third, gave up Caleb Jones. I didn't like it, and Chicago retained no money. So at the time, I was just like, man, Fuck, I liked Duncan Keith. I really did when he was younger and he was winning cups in Chicago, but how is he going to contribute on the Edmonton Oilers? That's what I was worried about because the last couple of years in Chicago weren't that great. I'll also admit that the Blackhawks really weren't that good. They just weren't. And I wondered how well he would be able to rebound with a little bit of a better roster here in Edmonton. And I would say he did fine. I would say he did just fine. I'd say he was good, in fact. So for anybody who would say that Duncan Keith wasn't good for the Oilers this year, just because they don't like the cost of acquisition of what it cost to get him here in the first place, I think that is, you can't buy those opinions, at least not to me, because I didn't like the cost of acquisition either. But if you remove that, I understand sometimes you can't, but if you remove that fact and look at what he did on the ice, I thought he provided the Oilers with some stable defending, I thought he provided the Oilers with a little bit of puck movement. And I thought he provided the Oilers with a whole lot of leadership. If you listen to any of the players in their exit interviews as they were wrapping up the season, everyone had good things to say about Duncan Keith. And how do you measure the value of what he taught Evan Bouchard as a pairing towards the back half of the season? I know if you're into the analytics, I understand that, oh, well, Evan Bouchard was better with this guy or he was better with that. And I get that. But you can't tell me there's nothing to be learned about playing with a Hall of Famer that has got, and I quote, three Stanley Cups, two Norris trophies, and a Conn Smythe trophy on his belt, under his belt. You can't tell me there's nothing to be learned from that. You can't tell me Evan Bouchard sitting beside him in the room, if that's what happened, I don't know, I'm not in there, but sitting beside him on the bench, playing with him as a D pairing, as a D pair, I should say, you can't tell me that he didn't learn a lick from Duncan Keith. You can't tell me that. It's what annoys me about Oilers sometimes is that you can't commentize a player like that in the sense that, like I said, I did not like the trade. I didn't. I didn't like the cost of acquisition. I didn't like that Chicago didn't retain salary. 
I'm removing that. What he did on the ice was pretty solid. Pretty solid. For me, when I think of Duncan Keith as an oiler, I think of a guy who came to town and did his job. Was he the best defenseman that you would ever see on the ice in the NHL? Absolutely not. But at 38 years old, I thought he gave the Oilers reliable minutes. Again, he was averaging 19.44. And there's some intangibles there that we probably don't even know about because we're not involved in practices, we're not on the ice, and we're not in the room. So am I happy Duncan Keith retired? Frank's, Frank's fired up. Frank is fired up about the retirement. He's happy about the cap space. So when I think about Duncan Keith retiring, part of me is A, happy because the Oilers have more money to spend. Maybe that's the money you spend on a goalie right there. I don't know. But two, I think of a guy who provided them reliable minutes in the back half of his career. This wasn't like an Adam Oates situation where Adam Oates came into Edmonton on the tail end of his career and did nothing. Duncan Keith was a contributor. And three... I hope the other defensemen looked at Duncan Keith and how filthy he was when defending in his own zone, and I mean physically, that is, and learned a little something and carried a little bit of that forward because that guy was absolutely filthy back there. The slashes, the hacks, the the pushes, the jabs, the probably some butt ends in there that we didn't even know about. I like that stuff. I like that the defensemen are doing that kind of thing, and Duncan Keith did it well. Duncan Keith did it well. Now, there's plenty of questions about the time in Chicago, not answering things. And like, that's horrific. It's abhorrent. I'm not going to get into that right now. I've given my piece on that many, many times over the year. But today we're talking about the retirement. Today we're talking about getting a little bit lucky that the Oilers are going to get some cap space that, as I mentioned three days ago, I really didn't know that they were going to get. If you listen to my Wednesday, my draft predictions episode with uh, with Jason Greger, my bold prediction was one, Zach Cassian was going to be back for 2022-23. That didn't happen. He's in Arizona now. And we also talked about Duncan Keith. We're just like, will he, won't he? We don't know. We don't know. Well, now the answer is no more Duncan Keith, a little extra cap space to spend. Now what do we do? Now what do we do? So what's my reaction to the Duncan Keith uh, retirement? I'm pumped on it. I'm pumped on it for the opportunity to get upgrades on the roster. Duncan Keith at this stage in his career was not a $5.5 million player. That's not to say that he wasn't a valuable player for this hockey team because I just went over reasons why he was. But at $5.5 million, he's just not that guy anymore. And that's not his fault. As I said, Father Time is a ruthless motherfucker. He'll catch up to all of us. I'm basically the same age as Donkey Keith. I wake up with all kinds of pains and I don't even do shit, let alone play at the National Hockey League level. Battling with dudes way bigger than him. Hacking, slashing, all that shit. So when I think of this retirement, what I think of is the opportunity that presents itself. Again, just like Zach Cassian, how are they going to spend the money? Who's it going to? How are they going to fill the void left by Duncan Keith? Again, 1944 in average ice time. Well, that's no small feat. That is, those are significant minutes that they need to, they need to figure out here. They really need to figure it out. So what do we got here? I'm looking at the unrestricted. 
if they're going into free agency, that is, what are we looking at? The unrestricted free agents that could be available to them. P.K. Subban tops the list because we're just sorting on based on cap hit here at Cap Friendly. P.K. Subban, he's not going to do it. If anything, I wouldn't be surprised if he retires. Nick Letty, I would actually have time for like Nick Letty a little bit. He made $5.5 million last year in St. Louis, 31 years old, three goals, 21 assists for 24 points. I might have a little time for that. Uh, Anton Strahlman, right-handed defenseman, 35 years old. I will, you know, eight goals and 15 assists with Carol, with uh, Coyotes. Maybe. I don't think so. Danny DeKaiser, pass. Calvin DeHaan, I'd have time for Calvin DeHaan. Again, he is 31 years old. Can play both sides on defense in 69 games. Nice. Had four goals, four assists for eight points. John Klingberg, not going to happen. Josh Manson, man, I'd love it. Josh, I know you're 30. I know you want to go back to California, but why don't you come play for your old dad? Why don't you come play for Dave? More ice just dropped. I don't know if you could hear that, but more ice just dropped. Why don't you come play for Dave? Why don't you come harden up the right side of our defense? Because man, would I love it. Man, would I love it. I think of the idea of Josh Manson coming to play here. Yeah, the boots aren't maybe what we needed, what we'd like to have on the back end in terms of mobility, but he's mean and he can defend and he just won a Stanley Cup, so he knows what it takes. Is there value in that? I personally think there is. So I would have a lot of time for Josh Manson, albeit he plays on the wrong side. Uh, Mata, no thank you. Justin Schultz, hey. Second tour of duty for Jolts? Not going to happen. Colin Miller? I don't think so. Nikita Zadorov? He's an interesting option for a third pairing, but at the same point, if you're going to play Nikita Zadorov on the third pairing, you're probably just going to play Philip Broberg, wouldn't you? Different players, different styles entirely, but I think you would rather have the mobility of a Philip Broberg in your lineup than Zadorov, who is, yes, he's a physical presence, but as we saw in the second round against Calgary, you got to be able to keep up. Will Butcher in Buffalo, Alex Edler, Ben Sherratt, Ian Cole. Ben Sherratt would be an interesting one. He is a 31-year-old free agent in Florida, made 3.5 last year. Interesting one. He was a guy, obviously, played for Montreal. Maybe. What about Brett Kulak? He's next up on the list. I absolutely think the Oilers should re-sign Brett Kulak. I actually think that's where the Cassian money is going to go, or at least a big chunk of it. I don't know necessarily that he is going to get $3.2 million per season. Mark Spector today said the low end is $2.5 million by four. If they can get anywhere close to 2.5 by four, I sprint to the fax machine. I sprint to my local Walmart or wherever there is a fax machine, and I fax in those documents right now right now. Thank you. I just give myself a little round of applause there. But if you're looking again, if you look at the available free agents in free agency, the list is maybe not necessarily as deep as you'd expect. How about a guy like Mark Pissick? He wouldn't cost a whole lot of money. He made $900,000 last year in Buffalo. He's not going to give you a whole lot of offense. Three goals, nine assists for 12 points over 68 games, but he will defend for you and he'll defend hard. Could that be an option? I wonder. Again, they need to fill the Duncan Keith minutes. Now that he's retired, how do you do that? How do you do it effectively? How do you spend your dollars to the best possible, in, to the best of your abilities? Looking at the nation site, the reaction to the Duncan Keith news was a lot of people were pretty excited. 
Uh, Anton CP just says, thank you, Mr. Keith. Hope the Oilers will offer you some kind of staff role to keep you around to help developing young defensemen within the team. Oil Can says, Duncan Keith wanted to be in Western Canada. He was a great part of a great season. Now that he turns his sights towards family and retirement, I hope he succeeds as he did in the NHL. Uh, Jagger says the extra cap space may be a game changer for the oil this summer. Let's cross our fingers. Homer says, wow, I have to admit, I didn't see it coming. I thought there was a 70, 30 chance he would come back and play the last year of his contract. I'm with, I'm with, uh, uh, Homer. Richard said he'd have been a great mentor at three LD for some of the prospects that we have coming up, but at $5.5 million, that was a lot to pay for that. I wish him the best in retirement. Uh, JPI says maybe Keith takes Wiseman's role on the bench or some kind of defensive advisor. Perhaps. He still had it as a third pairing defenseman on a good team. Must not have liked the city of Edmonton that much. That is from Ken Bone, who is a Calgary Flames fan. Of course, we know that. Uh, it's been reported over the last week. Duncan Keith loved his time here. So a lot of people just kind of saying thanks, Duncan Keith. We may not have liked the trade initially. As I said earlier, I'm not going to keep repeating it, but what you did on the ice, I've got plenty of time for what you actually did on the ice. Plenty of time. And I hope that some of the lessons you taught the younger kids, like an Evan Bouchard, mean that he's going to be better in the future having played for you, or with you, I should say. The other question that comes up from the Duncan Keith retirement is what is it, what happens to what happens to uh, Tyson Berry? TSN's Ryan Rashog says strong chance Berry remains as an Oiler after the Duncan Co- Duncan Keith news today. But to me, I don't see how I don't see how they're the same. Duncan Keith is, is not Tyson Berry, who is not Duncan Keith. Duncan Keith, veteran defenseman, more of a defensive side this year. Tyson Berry's here to run the power play. That's what Evan Bouchard's going to do next year. So do the Oilers still look at trading Tyson Berry, or do they bring him back? Because at some point, you can't lose a bunch of your defensemen. At this stage, Chris Russell, UFA. He didn't play a whole lot, but he's still UFA. Duncan Keith, retiring. On the right side, we still have CeCe. He's around, very handsome. Tyler Ramchek's excited about it. Abs look great. Evan Bouchard, I imagine he's only going to get better with Mike Smith going on to the LTIR and Duncan Keith retiring today. Evan Bouchard becomes the oldest person on the team, which I respect. And then we've got Tyson Berry on the right side. On the left, it's a little murkier. Darnell Nurse, he's here for a long time. Jason Greger, if you missed it on Wednesday, he said he will be ready to go for the start of the season, did not have to get surgery. Duncan Keith, gone. Brett Kulak, maybe. That's two holes on your left side with Duncan with uh, Brett Kulak as a maybe. So the others have some holes to fill. How are they going to do it? How, again, is Ken Holland going to spend his money? How is he going to do it effectively? How is he going to turn some of the goodwill that came from a Western Conference Finals run into signing UFAs at reasonable prices here at Edmonton rather than overpaying them as we always have to do? Is it even possible? I have no idea, but what I do know is that while Duncan Keith retiring and giving us an additional $5.5 million of cap space is very, very nice, although we should be getting that $3 million of additional bonus space that for some reason the NHL is just refusing to acknowledge. They're just like, no, I know it was written in the CBA, but fuck the rules. We'll just change things as we want. They're such a trash league sometimes when they do that. That's beside the point. Yes, it's nice that you have $5.5 million, but what are you going to do with it? How are you going to maintain 
the level of play that we saw down the stretch with Jay Woodcroft with the team that just looked so, so good. How are you going to maintain that high standard? How are you going to spend these dollars? We've got more than we expected. Plenty of holes to fill, though. And you need a goalie because we don't know what's happening there either. So, man, it makes me think of just like, wouldn't it be fucking awesome if Oscar Kleppbaum could just come back next year? <laughs> you know what I mean? Oscar Kleppbaum's just say, hey, by the way, my shoulder's fine. I will step in for Duncan Keith and all of a sudden you got Darnell Nurse and Oscar Kleppbaum on your left side. And then if you have signed Brett Kulak, you're in a really good spot. Ah, dare to dream. Dare to dream. It's not going to happen, but... I'm a dreamer anyway. So what is next? That's the question that comes to mind immediately after the Duncan Keith retirement. What happens next? But in the meantime, I just want to say thank you to Duncan Keith for what I thought was a good season with the others. He only played for two teams in his NHL career, Chicago Blackhawks. He's going to go to the Hall of Fame for what he did there. But what he does in Edmonton may be the contributing factor to what comes next in a best way. And I hope, like I said, the lessons that he gave guys like Evan Bouchard are things that he takes to heart and that everybody that played with Duncan Keith and heard the stories and whatever he said or did not say in the dressing room is going to help them move forward. The others have space, but the others have holes. What happens next is critical for this team. Critical for this team. But in the meantime, thanks, Duncan. Enjoy the retirement. Enjoy the 11 a.m. ability to drink a jug of sangria if you really want to. I'm not going to judge you. You're going to the Hall of Fame one day, sir. If you want to have a cocktail first thing in the morning, keep it out of 5 out of 10 all day long, I'm not going to blame you. Fuck, you've earned it. You've earned it. And that's where we're going to end off the Duncan Keith retire, or retirement reaction episode. Again, I want to thank the audio department, title sponsorship of title sponsor of the podcast, Trilogy Oilfield Rentals, for helping make this possible. And of course, my friends at Arcadia Brewing and Rig Hand Distillery. Better late than never. Episode thirty-two, a second bonus episode in a single day. It is over. Oh!